Hey there, missionaries. This is Len, aka the Bat Tribble, with a very special presentation of the Michaud mission. This is Jordi LaForge and the Curious Case of Leah Brahms. This is an original panel discussion that Vincent and I held this past summer at the IDIC Podcast Festival, which was put together by the Women at Warp Podcast. It was a very, very cool live virtual event, and I'm not too humble to say that Vincent and I were well-received for our essay, if you will, on LeVar Burton's character, Jordy LaForge, and a couple of very curious episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. So check this out. I hope you enjoyed. And hey, if you like Star Trek, Women at Warp is a very cool podcast. It's a dope podcast. Maybe one of the top five Star Trek podcasts that are out there. Go to womenatwarp.com. Check them out. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Michaud Mission presents Jordi LaForge and the Curious Case of Leah Brahms presented here live at the IDIC Podcast Festival presented by Women at Warp. IDIC, I know I'm preaching to the choir, is the infinite diversity in infinite combinations podcast festival that the illustrious women at warp podcast has put together to bring podcasts of star trek variety and different varieties together to talk about their favorite subject my name is len of the me show mission two men one podcast every black film ever made and i am sitting here with my partner right there hey this is vincent williams and we are very 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 proud to come on and be a part of this podcast festival our podcast talks about black films we review a black film every single week but at the start of each of our review we get into a conversation about a whole lot of stuff that's happening in the world of entertainment as well as geek culture because we are huge geeks as you can tell by our backgrounds at each other's homes and not only are we huge geeks we are immense star trek fans we are absolutely fans real quick vincent give uh, everyone out there who is watching us and taking time to be a part of this this festival via youtube as well as on facebook give them the quick 30 uh second elevator pitch on your history with star trek my history with star trek actually began when i was a child like many of us always say that i came into star trek maybe not backwards but sideways because my initial memories are the cartoon which then prompted me to go into reruns of the original series and we are old enough that we came into Star Trek during that period between the original series ending and Star Trek, the motion pi- picture. Right. So I have a lot of fondness for that kind of fallow period where there was a lot of fan work and, and fanzines and DIY stuff and, and just that initial Star Trek and Trekker cult, you know, the, 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 the conventions we're kind of small mm-hmm. and going in and, and, and since then, as you said, we're, we're huge, huge Star Trek fans and Trekkers and, and, and love it, you know, just love the culture and yourself. I, I, I came into Star Trek back in syndication. Um, and it was around the time where like I had my two gyms that I would watch. I would watch Jim West of the wild, wild West because mm-hmm. and he was so cool because they had, he was like a secret agent in a wild wild west had guns and knives hitting every place and then i would watch jim kirk james kirk of star trek and he was cool because he was flipping and doing the kirk kirk foo on people and he was getting the color women of all shapes and sizes and different colors and stuff um 
and Star Trek just became my jam and it became really my introduction into science fiction even though mm -hmm. I was reading comic books comic books were like they were superhero I didn't see them as science fiction science fiction to me equaled Star Trek right right and as I grew not only did the aesthetic of Star Trek equal science fiction to me but the philosophy of Star Trek equaled science fiction to me the thinking of what we could be in the future um, and realizing that it, the future was not just beholden for people of one race or color or species, you, you know, right. Um, right. Especially once you get to the cartoon, once the bridge is, it's not like, like a humanoid spot there, but there's like exactly all, all different types of aliens running the show. Right, right. So that's what Star Trek equaled science fiction to me. And in many ways, it's still kind of equal science fiction to me. Absolutely. But we are yeah. here to talk to you, ladies and gentlemen, specifically about one aspect of the, the lore of Star Trek. And that is Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge and the curious case of Leah Brahms. And my partner, Vincent Williams, when we found out we were going to be part of IDIC, said, I know what we're doing. I know what we're talking about. This is in my bag. I'm ready. This is what I'm yeah. wanting to talk about. So Vince, take it away, bro. Take us where you want us to go. Well, I, I think just just a little background, as you say, we're the Michelle mission and, and, and we concentrate on black films. But in a lot of ways, the, the, the films are a prism for us to, to discuss that intersection between race and pop culture. And as you said, a lot of times we focus on the geek culture aspect of pop culture. And Jordy LaForge, obviously is a very important topic right when you're talking about pop culture when you're talking about race when you're talking about geek culture certainly blackness in star trek has always been a part of the conversation back to of course nichelle nichols iconic lieutenant yahura mm -hmm. but Jordy laforge has always you know what, I'm not going to even say always, because I think the older I get, the more I appreciate Jordy LaForge, almost because he is so kind of straight and kind of, kind of, kind of straight arrow. Yeah. You, you know, I think of, of the initial of bridge crew from the next generation, all of them had their kind of hooks. And besides his blindness and, and the visor, Jordy was just a good guy. Right. He was a good guy. He and Data had a friendship. I always talk about the thing about the Enterprise is as the flagship, the bridge crew of the Enterprise is by definition the best of the best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these are the valedictorians. These are the captains of the football team. Like, these are the best of the best. Mm. And Jordy very much exemplifies like you could tell he got straight A's he 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 is you know probably a blurred good guy and this situation with Leah Brahms always stuck out to me because there was this this ickiness to it just a little background Leah Brahms appears in two episodes or, or rather Leah Brahms appears in one episode but her image appears in the first, first episode she is in um the sixth episode of the third season booby trap mm -hmm. which comes out in october of 1989 and there is a situation on the enterprise the enterprise is caught in this 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 sort of almost gravity gravity well or or tractor beam with another ship there's an engineering issue Jordy has to figure out how to get out of it. And he ends up pulling up the hologram of the engineer or the designer of the warp drive, who is Dr. Leah Brahms. And in the midst of pulling up the hologram, they basically develop a friendship, dare I say, the, 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 the spark of a relationship. 
first, I had forgotten that the episode is framed around Jordy not doing that well in in the romantic arena. It leads off with that. Right. The episode, the, the cold open is is a is a date ending badly and and a woman telling Jordy basically, I like you, but I don't like you like that. Friend zoned him. Friend zoned him again, always uncomfortable with that with that term, but that is basically what when we're talking about this arena, you know, sort of the 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 culture of the nice guy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think LeVar Burton does a great job in a few seconds getting across that this is something that Jordy has heard before. Right. So when you frame it like that, this whole notion of of Leah Brahms hologram and Jordy kind of getting this spark of of romance with her makes sense. To the credits to the uh, credit of the episode, I think for the most part they really are addressing the issue with the warp drive. Like the vast majority of the conversation in Booby Trap between this hologram and Jordy is about solving this problem. Mm-hmm. But there are moments, like there's a moment where the hologram is trying because first the hologram is is robotic you know basically just repeating answers but then jordy says download personal if you know if there are some personal logs or you know public speaking engagements this that and the other can you um, uh, uh, amalgamate uh her personality right and it downloads her personality and the computer says basically this is what her personality is i think she, it's like a 9.3 percent error a percentage of error between what she's like and this hologram. And it gets a little icky because <laughs> the hologram gives him a, 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 a shoulder massage. And yeah, and see, that's where it, it crossed the line with me. I'm like, you give her the personality. Okay. But you're giving her the personality from public speaking. That doesn't indicate that this person would walk up and give essentially a stranger, a shoulder massage, you know? Right. Right. And then when the episode ends and Jordy, you know, the problem is solved. So now there's no longer any need for this, for this stim, uh, simulation on the holodeck. And Jordy says to the hologram, you know, I'm basically, I'm going to miss you. And then the hologram starts talking about, I'll always be here with you. And, Whenever you look in the engine, you know, you'll see me. And they kiss. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. And as an episode, it is like, huh. That's. And if you think we're reading a little bit into this, there is also the scene about halfway through the episode where Picard checking on Jordy's <laughs> progress on, you know, what's happening with, you know, straightening out this problem, because we got a ticking clock going on here, Mr. LaForge, walks in and yeah. Jordy with the hologram and smartly the script just gives Picard just standing there, just taking it in, just like, okay, right. Because it's you, Jordy, I'm going to trust that this needs to be happening but what the hell is happening? Right. It's a beat. But again, you, you know, it's it's another testament to the caliber of acting. You can see on Patrick Stewart's face. <laughs> where Picard is basically kind of like, is this something I should address right now? <laughs> is this something I, you know, I just have to let slot? Because as you said, we're in the midst of this crisis. Right. Right. Because the the other part, you know, at some point there's there they have to save power and and to save power, anything that doesn't have to do with life support gets turned off, including this simulation. And then Jordy runs to Captain Picard and is like, "I need to override this," and I need, and it is. To, to be fair, he didn't go running to Captain Picard and be like, yo, I need my hologram back. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He let the hologram go. Right. 
and, and there was and there's a beat and, and you kind of miss it when you're like streaming it so you don't get the like the commercial break right this is actually like sometime later but the script tells you everything is depowered like all the lights are down and and everything like that and picard is checking on him and it's like hey how's it going and it's then geordie says well it's going a little slow because you shut down my hologram if i can get my hologram back and if i have my hologram lady <laughs> maybe we can figure maybe. it out we can figure right. it out. which always was strange to me even watching this the first time out because if if Jordy's on the bridge maybe that makes sense but Jordy is down in engineering right engineering is its own crew which right. you think okay I don't have the hologram let me fill in a couple of my other chief my top guys here in engineering about which way I was going and probably we could probably suss out exactly where we need to go. Again, this is the engineering crew on the Enterprise. These are the best of the best. Exactly. So you would think that, you know, at least two of them can match what the hologram of Leah Brahms is is, is giving them. Well. But the, the hologram, they're not giving them back rubs. Uh, uh, right. And, and again, as you said, Picard susses it out. Mm-hmm. And says, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm give you a little rope, but again, we're on the clock." <laughs> like the- <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. And and you know, again, I think as an episode, it's weird. It's we, you know, it's one of those weird episodes. And, and I have to say, when you and I were talking about it, initially something that that I want to make sure that we underline. This is the third season. Yes. So this isn't one of those weirdo episodes from the first season where you can tell they're just kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first start weekly Star Trek show since the 60s. Right. So we're, you know, like that first season is real wonky. This is the third season. Yes. I mean, the third season ends with um the Borg. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like the fourth season, it, it's that wonderful season finale with Lacutus of Borg. So this is primo next generation. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that next season, there's a follow-up. Next season, uh, March 11th, 16th episode of the season, Galaxy's Child. Yes. Where now the real Leah Brahms shows up. There's, you know, they're they're letting basically civilians come on the ship. Leah Brahms comes on to inspect the engine. And now Jordy is meeting her for the first time. And this is when it really delves into, you, you know, it, it, it gets a little toxic. I know that's a word we overuse, but, but it's toxic. It's invasive. And it is it is really corrosive in a way that you don't think about Jordy LaForge, where where Jordy is basically flirting with Leah Brahms. Jordy is trying to to make romantic overtures like he like he says in the episode, you know, he just maybe they can be friends and so on and so forth. But the text is very clear that he's making romantic overtures and these overtures are informed by the information he's gotten previously with the hologram. Like he knows about the way she, the way she talks about her personal interactions with her engineering career, as opposed to people, there's this really, really icky moment where he invites Leah Brahms back to his quarters for some Italian food. And, and he knows her favorite dish because he downloaded the information into the hologram the season before. And Leah Brahm says, oh, that's my favorite dish. And he all but winks at the camera. Like, ha I'm ready to do this. And I think it's important to note that there are several moments throughout the episode where Leah Brahms basically says, how do you know this about me? Or why is this such a coincidence? 
and Jordy has a mo has the opportunity to say what has happened the previous year with the hologram. Mm-hmm. And it is only when he is caught. Yep. That he, you know, basically lays it all out. Leah Brahms ends up in the hall in, in the um ho- hollow deck with the program. There's a wonderful moment where you see the real Leah Brahms with the hologram from the year previously. Another really icky comment that Jordy makes at one point, he says to her, I thought your hair would be different. Mm-hmm. Because apparently in the recordings that they used to make the hologram, her hair is up in a bun. Right. And when she actually shows up, her hair is down. So there's, you know, there's that part of it. You paint a different picture when you say that Jordy is caught. Jordy's not caught because that implies that he got caught up. He got caught lying about something or figured out. She finds out. Okay. That is different because one of these nebulous engineering's best of best of the best people, you know, basically tells us, "Oh yeah, um, Captain uh, Jordy was using an an actual uh, holodeck model of you know your work last year to help him out to figure to get us out of some problems." Oh, that sounds cool, Leah says. You you mind if I see that? Sure, why not? Because I wasn't there, so I'm assuming it was very innocent. So here. Right. I'll give you I'll give you the codes. Go check it out. And that's when she goes and finds out that not only did he create this, you know, this uh hologram of her, but the you know, how the hologram was expressing themselves. And that is different than him getting caught because now, like you said, he had multiple opportunities to present this information in some form or fashion to her, but he knows how icky it is because he lies and says, Oh, I'm following your tapes. I've, I've studied you. You didn't study her. You didn't even know about her till you ran into that problem in booby traps. Right? So you didn't even know about her. And like I mentioned earlier, before we started recording, on any other show, if this was uh, Law and Order, Star Trek, when he says, I'll make Fujili for you, you'd have heard the doom doom because that's right what, when you know, like, you know, oh man, this is when Jerry Orbach's going to be standing over the corpse of Leah Brahms, you know, right. she had one, two, right. Like, right. So, it's, he already knows that this he should not be going there. Picard knows he should not be go be going there. Knows that this stuff is is not cool. And in every in any other world, and it's not just looking at this through twenty first century eyes. In any other place, that is just not cool to be to to do that. If that episode Booby Trap is just a one one off, it's icky. But you kind of just slide it to the left. Like I see somebody, uh, Tamia, um, in the chats was uh, mentioning earlier that they were just trying to figure out Jordy. You know, that's them trying to figure out Jordy. Sure. But now they double down on this. Right. Yeah. And the great thing about the episode is that they actually give Leah Brahms an opportunity to articulate how invasive this is. Mm hmm. That he has done this and, 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 you know, the, um, the, the, the actress, uh, Susan Gibney, who plays Leah Brahms does a great job. Just, I I mean, this is, it's so invasive Mm -hmm. and everything that we would talk about in 2020. Like, I don't think we necessarily had the language then, but certainly I think she does a great job articulating it at that moment but then the script almost pulls up and lets him off the hook i i I have to say um giving credit where credit is due there's not i i did not find a lot written about leah brahms in this episode but i have to say that um in 2018 on a ladyscience.com robert davis wrote this really, really great article 
about this called uh, Warp Fantasies, Dr. Leah Brahms and the Illusion of Consent. Right. Because that's really what we're talking about. And the script has Jordy, like it's almost laughable when she says, I mean, she she says to, to Jordy, is this the only program that you have me in? Like, are there other programs that you have for, you know, and, and the subtext is barely subtext. Right. Which was always there with the holodeck. Like, what else are you doing with my image? Mm-hmm. And I love how outraged Jordy gets. Like, how dare you catch me doing this thing and 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 put that within the context of how I've been acting with you and follow it to its logical conclusion. Right. Who do you think you are? Right. Who do you think you are judging me by my actions? <laughs> it's very true though I, I i was just i felt the same way i felt the same way because when he does that and the script allows him to walk off like in a harumph you know like i'm like no dog you don't you don't get to harumph off this you know what i mean right like, right because what i don't like about this episode I want to say I felt like this before, but I definitely felt about it. I, I want to say I, I want to say I felt like this when I originally saw it, but I definitely felt this way in subsequent viewings. Is that I don't feel Jordy ever apologizes for what he did. There is there's a, there's there is a difference between having a conversation and talking about what you did and actually apologizing for it and recognizing right. that there was wrongness in what I did. I, I, let's, let's be frank. The character of Jordy LaForge, we don't in any way believe that he was malicious in intent, but that doesn't mean that what you did was not something that is worthy to be... Uh, to offer an apology and to, to actually feel sorrow for what you what you did, um, and the fact that they this show leaves them in a point where they are assumed to be friends, and if we're to believe Star Trek lore, oh well, we'll get to that. Yeah, that just rang very hollow and very untrue. Well, it's it's. They set up this really kind of icky false equivalence where she ends up apologizing for being, you know, quote unquote brusque. Like, 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 like he says, yeah, I was amazingly invasive. I was amazingly manipulative. I, I used your, I used your um image in this way. My bad. And she's like, yeah. I treated you like a dude that I didn't know in a professional setting, which is all she really does. Like she's there to work. Right. Right. And, and to be fair, while she even admits that because of the work that was done on, on her work cords, you know, her, her work, you know, she did come on there with like, you know, uh, misconceptions or, or, or prepared to be angry at somebody, you know, like messing around with your stuff. And that's how like any, you know, engineer or quote unquote artist feels about their stuff. Like, you know, how many sure. times you write something and then the editor kind of like pulls it apart. Like, dude, how are you going to pull myself apart? You know? Right. So you feel like that, but once you, but what you get from the, the script and from the, the episode is that, she begins to cool because she realizes that the work that was done, as he, he points out, was done because now your core is in real world situations. So it causes for some changes that, Mac, you know, that has to be done. And she appreciates that. And you can see her dialing back on it. Right. Well, again, because this is a professional exchange like this has nothing to do with you having sexy dinner sexy dinner you know playing the classical guitar like we are work colleagues but just sort of to transition out of the episodes themselves something that you said about viewing this material with 21st century eyes mm -hmm. 
And while certainly this type of behavior was wrong in 1989, in 1991, I think it is fair to say that our language perhaps has caught up with how we evaluate these type of actions. And if this had ended in 1991, I think you and I can sit here for a half hour and say, wow, that was really icky that, you know, you know, we can call it a misstep with Jordy's characterization. Although arguably I kind of like, like, I kind of like that kind of grit on Jordy's. Like, I like the fact that he's not just this perfect knight. Like, I like that there's this... Turning the ed edge for him. Right, there's a... Yeah, you know, it's like a little deep space nining of him. <laughs> that's a good... That's a good good point. You, you know, I like that. But I think what bugged me out, just getting ready for this episode... Mm-hmm. Here we go. Is how much Leah Brahms and this plot has survived... Mm-hmm. Yes. The final episode where they have the, the flash forward and 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 Jordy mentions being married to Leah. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the notes for the script, this was absolutely supposed to be a direct reference to Leah Brahms and Jordy being married in the future. Right. And the only reason that that it doesn't play out implicitly is because the actress Susan Gibney was not available much like in Star Trek Nemesis apparently at Riker's and, and Troy's wedding mm -hmm. where where Jordy comes with Guinan they actually wanted him to come with Leah Brahms mm -hmm. so there's no scrutiny of this plot point that far but as of 2019 there's a Star Trek novel, Collateral Damage, that has this love affair between Geordi and, and Leah Brahms, and there's no sense of, maybe this is something that we should leave alone. Like, it, I really was flabbergasted that there's still, it's kind of like finding out that Code of Honor kept going. Right, right. Like, you know, find out they're still writing novels about the space Africans planet. <laughs> yeah, which they smartly left that one alone. Just we, look, look, we just never go, we're never going to talk about that again. Nope, nope. But Leah Brahms and her sort of enduring presence, I think, says two things. First and foremost, and LeVar Burton talked about this, I think it is criminal how little his character was actually developed so that you would have character beats and romantic interests that you could kind of hang something on. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, this Leah Brahms thing is the great Geordie characterization. Right. Second, I think it speaks to how we don't scrutinize these types of issues. And this is something that as time goes on, I think becomes more and more relevant. This, 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 this concept of how technology complicates questions of consent, mm -hmm. questions of the ownership of your image. Like, you know, we talk about deep fakes and revenge porn and all of this where, where, you know, well, Hey, I didn't do it to you. I just used your image. Right. Right. And this is very much an example of it. The, 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 the funny thing is, in, in my mind, the most important science fiction property of the past 50 years, Black Mirror, talks about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And appropriately enough, the Star Trek episode, the USS Callister, is kind of about this. Mm -hmm. You know, where you take someone's image, you take someone's, you know, and through technology, I create a facsimile. Right. And what are the ethics of what I do with this facsimile of you? So that it, as much as it, it, if I'm inclined to give Star Trek a pass for those episodes in 89 and 91, I am I am I am completely 
confused by how much again Leah Brahms is still a thing. The basket, the basket's revoked. You're right because, like Lavar Burton points out, it's criminal how little his character is developed so that he can't have another love love interest he can't have have like some other friends you know right he cannot he can't have be a fully flesh character i think that to be fair another reason why the legend does live on is because one with the fading of memory you know people just remember that oh Jordy had a thing with Leah Brahms. Maybe he have a thing in the future as well. But also, to be fair, it does speak to the performance and the chemistry, I, I have to be honest, between LeVar Burton and Susan Gibney. Yeah. They, they actually did play off one another very well, despite what the story is telling them to do, right? And I thought... Right. She d- did create a memorable character. Every once in a while, you do get someone who embodies a character in one of these properties, such as Star Trek, and it embodies it so fully that you can't see by anybody else in there. And if you you don't want to see anybody else in there, and shout outs to Susan Gibney that she did pull that off. And people maybe wanting to see her return to the to the fold or to the to the universe of Star Trek as as it were, tend to keep her name out there. But because she deals with the warp drive, you can keep her name out there just like that, right? Like, the Brahms can be brought in as just a warp drive expert. She doesn't have to be involved with Jordy, but you just don't have any place else to go with Jordy. And that, to a degree, does speak to, I think, a feeling of Star Trek and the whole in regards to, and I, I hate to go there, but with their development of some of their black characters before Deep Space Nine. Because let's face it, I've always felt that as much as everybody heralds the, the TOS, TOS was not an ensemble. The shows were not an ensemble. The movies were not an ensemble. And even Next Generation doesn't become an ensemble truly until about that third, fourth season, right? Mm-hmm. But towards the end even that ensemble kind of starts pulling apart and it basically is a Picard show a Worf show a Data show and then every once in a while you got to throw a couple of shows to Riker and that leaves one or two to Troy or the Doctor and Jordy is just a is just a cool dude running in and out of this right Right. And and to your point about Susan Gibney I, I think it's you know just historically Star Trek has tried to use her again and again and again. You know, she shows up on those couple of episodes of Deep Space Nine as a different character. She was in the running to be Seven of Nine. Uh, most famously, she was one of the finalists to be Jane Away. That's oh, that's right. That's right. So, uh, you, you know, to to your point and to start, you know, I do think you're right that. Star Trek really liked her. And and you're right. Like she's really good in the role. Mm-hmm. And it's a good role. I actually think, again, it's a great plot. I just think they completely <laughs> misjudge what the plot is saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I did come away with watching these two episodes again, I had an appreciation, but also a similar sadness in a bit about Ensign Rega. Because Ensign Rega is the 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 helmsman on the bridge, right? In the first in in like the first episode, Booby Trap. And I'm I'm pretty sure, like I, you know, I didn't watch the whole season. I'm pretty sure that's not her first appearance. But mm-hmm. I, I want to say it's probably one of her first appearances. And like she's right. like, Ensign Rega, her hair is all up in like a little bun, and they're not really talking to her. They're kind of like talking around her, you know. Um, and I'm like, all right, that's good. that's kind of cool. But um, oh wait a minute, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, she's not in booby trap. She's not in booby trap. I f- forgive me, I'm wrong. She's not in booby trap because this is where I want to go. You're talking about the Enterprise crew is the best of the best, but in booby trap, the helmsman is Wesley Crusher. It's just it's it's young, 
And I'm like, <laughs> and they're at this point where they got to, they're stuck and they have to like fly through this, in, this incredible field and stuff like that. That's the time where whoever the best of the best, I don't care if they're not on duty, like, dog, we need you on the bridge right now. Why is why does Picard have to give Crusher the tap and be like, yo, no, I'll take this young bull. Now, it's a cool moment when Picard flies it, but why is he doing it? Like, there's, there's, there's got to be a, already a better dude aboard than Crusher at that moment. Right, right. But back to right. my Rega is actually in Galaxy's Child. Uh, which is fourth season and her hair is all pent up and they're talking around her and stuff like that and it's like it's it's cool and it's cool and she's a sister and it's, it's cool to see her on there doing her thing but then because you asked me to watch um and i think you just did this just to bug out to, to watch the episode with uh, the relic with scotty comes right. back. yes with scotty right which is season six right yes two more seasons over it's the next to the last season and right there rocking out on the bridge now hair out bam you know got like you know cast a couple of checks star trek chips and chips or whatever they however they get paid it's ensign rega still an ensign and still everybody talking around her and i'm like yo like y'all can't give us like she can't have a line i felt like especially you know, we've been dipped in like your horror, and we watched like uh, her the great, the great uh, documentary on her. Um, uh, I think it's a woman and on a mission, um, uh, on your horror and her her work with NASA, and talking about her frustrations about you know always just talking about hailing frequencies open, Captain. And I felt like Rega, like basically just pushing the same buttons, like War Twelve, Captain. Yes. War 14. No, we can't go there. Like the same thing. Like, like, couldn't she get like another bit or something? You know what I mean? Now, you just you just finished talking about how Jordy couldn't get a storyline. I know. <laughs> so they're going to get one. <laughs> yeah, because think how Jordy would have been mad if Rega got a storyline. <laughs> Good point. But I just felt that. I felt that in my bones. I felt that in my bones. I felt that in my bones. I'm sorry. Tamia Harper is uh, in the chat saying that she is so with me. Thank you, Tamia. Uh, shout out to everybody that's watching us on Facebook and YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Aaron Harvey says that uh, she, I believe he's he's talking to uh, uh, about Enter Rega, got a lot more to do and more lines in the animated series. Oh, no, I think he's talking about Yohora got more lines in the, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody got more lines in the animated series. Um, and I don't know if Yohora maybe got more lines, but she didn't get too many more lines because sometimes she wasn't right. even there. So so I can't even go, I can't even go there. Um, but shout out to everybody who is watching us uh, on YouTube and on Facebook. It's already two o'clock. We only got 15 more minutes. Is there anything else that you wanted to really touch on? And maybe we can open it up to if anybody have, has any questions or comments that they w- want to share. Um, but anything else you want to touch on real quick? No, no, no. That's like, like I said, I, I think my, my learning experience was that Leah Brahms was still a thing. Like, I really thought this it was a code of honor thing. Like, I don't really keep up with the novels like that. So it did bug me out mm-hmm. that she's still showing up. Oh, so, uh, Sabrina Wood mentions in regards to relics that it is, uh, instant Rager who flies them out of the Dyson sphere. Well, well yeah, see, Picard ain't, Picard ain't tap her. Picard tap Crusher. But he was going to tap. By then, she had been finding shit for like three seasons. Is he, if, if, she, if he had given her the tap, Rega should have like, I got this, yo, man. Yo, sit down. I got this. <laughs> you know what? As a matter of fact, Vince, remember years ago, we did our ultimate Star Trek crew. You know I was going to go there. Yes, yes, I do remember. Ultimate Star Trek crew. Um, I, I, I want to change. My helmsman now is going to be Ensign Rega. Ensign Rega is now your helmsman. All right, there you go. She's my helmsman. She, she was boss with it. Yeah, most definitely. So this is what happens on the show mission, ladies and gentlemen. We're supposed to review movies, but then we get trekking. and it- I, I think we stayed on task very well today. Very well. <laughs> because this was, this was all one topic. <laughs> finally one topic right right 
Okay. Oh, Susan, um, Susan Thime, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize. Says that I still adore Jordy, my favorite TNG character, but part of that is holding him accountable for his missteps. And Leah Brahms was a misstep. Absolutely. Right. But, but, but to your point, Vince, that's why you don't like the doubling down on her still being involved with him. Right. In Star Trek lore, you know, you would. And again, the implication if he ends up with her is that he nice guide her mm-hmm. into being with him, which I think is, 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 is almost cultural malpractice in 2012. Like we cannot, we, we cannot support that at all. Yeah, most definitely. I'm with you. So, yeah. all right. I mean, I think we're technically supposed to go to 215. I don't know. I don't know if we're able to, to shut it early. I, I don't see any questions in the chat for us, Vince. Um, but if you like what you're hearing from uh, uh, us two old guys, then I ask you, feel free to check us out. The Me Show Mission, dot com. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. We review um, a different black film every single week. And check out the Me Show Mission on all your social medias. And holla at us. Yes, please do. Please do. Okay. Um, oh, question. Did Jordy ever recover in your guys' eyes, in your eyes? Oh, I would say so. I, I would say so. You, you know, I, I think I think one of the things that I liked about Jordy, and, and part of the reason I, I wanted to um, fold relics into the conversation, like, like that exchange between he and Scotty, where where it's it's a problem that needs to be solved and Jordy is like it's going to take you know I don't know uh 20 minutes an hour and Scotty says how long did you tell the captain it was going to take and Jordy says an hour because that's how long it's going to take and it's that wonderful reference to Scotty being a miracle worker and and he says you never tell a captain how long it's actually going to take like you basically pat it so that you get to be a miracle worker. But I thought that was such a great Jordy character beat. Mm-hmm. Like he is very much by the book, straight ahead, just generally a good guy. And, you know, talking about some of the comments and when you read about Jordy and the way they either neuter black male sexuality or they other it. Mm-hmm. While I think all of that is true, I think there is space for a character like Jordy who is just sort of, you know, again, straight ahead, which is why these episodes always stuck out so much to me. Right. So, you know, you know, I love Jordy. Everybody loves Jordy. Yeah. Everybody, everybody loves Jordy. Everybody loves LeVar Burton. Everybody loves LeVar Burton. The man himself is an cultural icon um, for people of all ages. So I don't think it's necessarily a matter of whether or not, did he ever recover? He 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 never lost face with me. I just thought, right, like, right. you know, we thought it was just like it was a, a little bit of a, a misstep. So he never he never he didn't have to recover for me. So you right. know, and and you know, we'll always be cool. Um, and Levar Burton, like you said, like Levar Burton's that dog. That's it. That's the yeah. man. Oh, what of our, oh. our favorite Jordy episodes? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, no real surprises there. It's, a, it's the episode where he's trapped with the Romulan. Oh yeah, ooh, that's that's hard. That's 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 hard, man. Um, I want to say that my favorite Jordy episode. Do I really have a? I don't honestly. To be fair, I don't know if I have a favorite Jordy episode. I have favorite like moments with Jordy. You know, mm-hmm. like what you pointed out with Scotty. Um, I don't know if I really have a favorite Jordy episode. I think the ones where he is Watson to um, Data's Sherlock Holmes, I think those are kind of cool. I actually hate those episodes. I hate those episodes. Why? You got something against Sherlock Holmes? I yeah. I, I just it's just yeah. <laughs> like I feel like there's some other stuff that could have been happening while y'all were doing that. Ah, well, sure. I mean, they always could have. Yeah. 
you know. Right. I remember having fun with those. I actually like that Scotty episode too because Jordy's a jerk. Remember, Jordy's not very nice to Scotty. It's not that he's not nice. It's that Scotty came in the midst of an emergency that they had to deal with, and Jordy had work to do, you know? Yeah. And but I love that. There's a good scene in there where Picard basically, like, Jordy's like, all right, well, I'll get somebody to go down there with him. And Picard's like, I really, Jordy, listen. And and you can see Jordy like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't even see Jordy's eyes, but you know Jordy's like, oh. But I like crunchy Jordy. I like crunchy LaFar- La- LaForge. Yeah. Like you said, I got stuff to do. That's true. That's true. You want me to you want me to babysit grandpa? <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right. Um bu- 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 just Gen- uh Genus says that his favorite season favorite Jordy episode is from season one. How's that happen? On the weapon planet where their drones killed them off, him taking control of the Enterprise was great. I'd have to watch that again. I'm sure there were good season one episodes and if you say that was a good one, then okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I remember Jordy looking sweaty all season one, so I don't know. He always looks, (laughs) him and the leather seats always look sweaty, so I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it was good. I don't know. All right, we got to get out of here. It's already like 2.10, and I know they have to set up for the next show that's going to be coming as part of the IDIC Podcast Festival. So stick around, ladies and gentlemen, because the Women at Warp have put together a fantastic podcast festival, Star Trek Aganza, for your listening and viewing pleasure. And they got some dope stuff coming. Um, Shout out to them. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And if the festival returns, we will gladly return if you will have us with more to talk about Star Trek because we love having a whole hour to just trek out. <laughs> Most definitely. You know, we could talk about Code of Honor here. We could talk about Code. We can always talk about Code of Honor. There's always room for Code of Honor. There's always room for Code of Honor talk. All right, I hope you enjoyed this very special presentation here on the show mission. Vincent and I plan to give you a few more very special episodes as we wind our way down this long road to episode 300. Um, Some of them will be Star Trek based. Some of them will be movie based. Some of them will be TV movie based, but they're all all going to be programmed just for our listeners, just for all of you missionaries. So we hope you'll take the time and check them out. And if this is actually your first time listening to the Me Show Mission, please give us a listen to Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. Uh, check us out on MeShowMission.com or all the social medias at Me Show Mission, M I C H E A U X M I S I O N, and email us your thoughts and concerns at mission at gmail.com in parting we say we'll see you when we meet again or Vincent says something like that <laughs> I can't remember I always say put a little sunshine on your face I got mine go get yours <laughs> <laughs>